All right, before we get cracking with episode 31, I need to announce that this will be the last proper episode of Ragbag until later on this year, most likely in the autumn. I've concluded this phase of the narrative with the death of Lazarus last time, but we can't part company just yet, not until we've paid another visit to Corrugated Metal Club. That's the episode coming up. Did I just use the word phase just then? Yes, I did, didn't I? Let me explain how this works. So I don't really do seasons of this show, right? I do phases. The first phase consists of the first 17 episodes. Let's call it the hello phase, where we introduce lots of different characters and themes into the ragbag story with a number of narrative threads getting tied up nicely in episodes 16 and 17. What happens at Corrugated Metal Club? You remember that, don't you? Yes, you do. Then there's the second phase, let's call it the Lazarus phase, beginning with episode 18, where I introduce Lazarus, and now a few months later, we've killed him off, ready for the next phase to begin later on this year. Now, I won't tell you anything about Ragbag phase 3, but I will say it's going to be really good. And do not despair, because while I'm gone, I'm going to be releasing weekly bonus bags, a series of Ragbag's best bits. You like the sound of that? Yeah? It's going to be great. I'll have a different theme each week. I'll start off with the best of the stories, then I'll do um, best of the sponsors maybe, um, best of the gurus advice section, all sorts of things like that. Then I'll do a couple of episodes to round it all off, the best of the music, and it'll be just music, a nice big selection of my favourite stuff that I've played over the last 31 episodes of this little podcast of mine, Rag Bag. So... Enjoy today's story. When I finish the story towards the end of the show, I'm going to do a few shout-outs. Not to listeners this time, but to all the people who've helped me along the way, either by contributing to Ragbag directly or helping to promote it. Turns out there's a nice long list of people to thank. My own little Oscars acceptance speech. So listen out for that roll call later on. In the meantime, enjoy. Welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. Now, it's been a while since anyone mentioned the secret organisation that I happen to be a founding member of, Corrugated Metal Club. I'm still going there every week. I'm just not supposed to talk about it. But something happened recently, and I think you're going to want to hear this. Let's have a tune, then we can really get stuck into the details, Yeah.
reminded me why I need time and Got a question from Chris who's sitting right next to you here in London. I'd love to listen to the podcast on my journeys to and from work. Are there any you can recommend? Well, actually, Chris, funny you should ask. There's one I'd love to listen to that's called Ask Karen. So I got to the sandwich ball and saw it from the <laughs> shop, turned left and went in the shop next door. <laughs> you Honestly did. And it was, I was going to Specsavers. Literally should have gone to Specsavers. It's funny, informative, and they not only help people with issues, dilemmas and problems, but they also venture into some great conversations on a variety of topics. Wow, that sounds like a really fun podcast. By accident. I put my shower curtain on back to front. What do you mean? You put it on. <laughs> What's the right way around to wear it? I didn't wear it. Are <laughs> you like playing Superman or something? Yeah, I was dressing up. I'm guessing I can find it just by searching Ask Karen on any good podcast app. Yes, that's right, Chris. I believe they also have a website too that has all the info anyone might need, which is askkaren.co.uk. It's a lovely looking website too. That's great. Thanks, Karen. So join me and Karen on our potentially award-winning podcast, Ask Karen. So, I'm not telling you where we meet, but I will say, as I already have, it's a church hall in South Manchester. That's all you're getting, and that, apparently, is all that's needed to figure it out for yourself. Start off with a list of all the church halls in South Manchester, contact each of them in turn, and ask which clubs and society use their facilities on a Wednesday evening. If you're willing to put the effort in, by all means do that. Because someone did. All because in Ragbag episode 16 I mentioned in passing what I assumed was a suitably vague description of the club's location. But what can I say? We're an intriguing organisation. People are keen to track us down and get involved. Just, you know, DM me and I'll let you know if anyone else wants to know. Save you a lot of detective work. So the day our newest member arrived... There was a mix-up with the scheduling. Due to my friend Sycamore Steve not being available for our usual start time, we'd agreed to meet 45 minutes earlier. What we didn't realise was that clashed with the book club who used the church hall at that time. So we ended up gate-crashing. Luckily it's a big enough room to accommodate two groups of enthusiasts at once. So there we were, reading group at one end, corrugated metal enthusiasts at the other Unfortunately, I was a little too curious about what the book people were talking about, so even though I had my back to them, I couldn't help earwigging a bit. While the corrugated metal guys were discussing rust prevention, I was listening to what the book club had to say about Hanif Qureshi's The Buddha of Suburbia, which also happens to be one of my favourite books. I was particularly annoyed about one person's take on the novel's structure, He seemed to think it was all too meandering and it felt like the author had just made it up as he went along, which he may well have done. I took a moment to pause myself from my own club. I span around. I yelled a little too loudly in hindsight. It's called an episodic plot, you half-wit. Oh, I suppose you'd know all about it, would you? Mr Qureshi Basher responded. I would, actually. You're talking about a masterwork by one of Britain's greatest living writers, and all you have to say is, he hasn't put much thought into it. Well, for the record, said the bookworm, zinc and copper roofs 
are much longer lasting than galvanised steel. The only upside to galvanised steel is the cost. How would you know that? I work in the trade. That's funny, I said. I'm a writer. Maybe we should swap places. Are you saying, just because I work in the roofing trade, I don't know anything about literature? No, I'm sure the fact that you know nothing about literature has nothing to do with you being in the roofing trade. Then weirdly, he said, I find it rather offensive that you lot are meeting up and talking about corrugated metal like it's some kind of magical material. I'd imagine if you were living in the unsanitary slum districts of Nairobi, you'd never want to see corrugated metal again. Unsanitary slum districts of Nairobi, I said, somewhat bewildered. Why, is that where you're from? That was the setting for last week's book, one of his friends chipped in. You'd like it if you're a fan of Qureshi. It was at that point that I realised myself and Mr Bookworm had brought both groups' meetings to a halt and everyone was sitting back watching us, wondering how this argument would pan out. Now maybe the old me would have carried on arguing, disregarding the fact that this wasn't what anyone came here for. But recent events had made me conscious of other people's feelings. And that's the way I wanted to be. I wanted to live my life without Lazarus telling me to consider other people's feelings. I knew about other people's feelings now. Lazarus was still with me at that point, hanging around with no lessons left to teach me. I was all ready to resolve this intergroup quarrel with some carefully chosen words when the door opened and someone walked in. And I'm sorry to say this, but as soon as I laid eyes on him, I thought... I hope this clown's here for the book club. For one thing, he was clearly an undercover police officer. I knew that before he'd opened his mouth. He was wearing smart casual office clothes with a name badge including the fake company he worked for, Muriel's IT Services. I didn't even need to Google that. There is no such company as Muriel's IT Services. I don't mean any offence to anyone when I say this, but no one called Muriel has even owned a computer, never mind setting up a business in IT. Secondly, the lanyard round his neck attached to the name badge was covered from end to end with one repeated word in bold block capitals. PLEASE! Apparently, I was the only person who noticed this. And I couldn't help feeling a little bit smug about that. I felt like there must be something special about me but it just seemed obvious. An extremely badly disguised undercover cop walked through the door and no one else batted an eyelid. And what was the name on his badge? John Barnes. Yeah, that's your name, pal. <laughs> that's definitely your name. Pleased to meet you, John Barnes. The old me would have said that out loud. But I decided to take a step back and just see where this encounter was taking us. Is this Corrugated Metal Club? said John. Over here, mate, said Sycamore Steve. This side of the room. New member? I hope so, said John, with a nervous smile. If you'll have me. John's arrival had brought the Buddha of Suburbia slash galvanised steel debate to a natural end, and the book club went back to their misjudged hot takes. Of course we'll have you, said Steve. More the merrier. You've turned up on time, but actually we started early. Hence the clash with the book club. My fault. I'll add you to the WhatsApp group. Thanks. John pulled up a chair and joined the circle. Why don't you introduce yourself, John? I said, trying my best not to add audio inverted commas around his name. OK, said John. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm very nervous. Not too hot at public speaking. You're amongst friends here, mate, said Steve. We'll introduce ourselves first. I'm Steve. This is Frank, who co-founded the group with me. Of course, said John. What do you mean? I said. Oh, I know you from your podcast, he said. That's how I heard about the club. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, I said. I never mentioned the location of the club, though. I made some inquiries, said John. Lay off him, eh? Steve whispered to me. The man's nervous enough without a cross-examination. Don't worry, said John, seeming to settle down a little. I'm not another Alistair. We try not to mention that name, said Steve politely. Still a sore point. Well, just so you know, said our new member, 
My name's John. Um, I work in IT. And I don't know why, but I've always just absolutely loved corrugated metal. There's something about the shape of it. There was a factory near my house while I was growing up, and it had a corrugated metal roof. And I always fantasised about breaking my way through the barbed wire fence and climbing up onto the corrugated metal roof. But I never did. And ironically, I ended up working in... You know, I, um, I ended up working in IT. How's that ironic, I said. Leave it, whispered Steve. I let it drop. But later on, while Steve and I were clearing up, I pointed out the fact that John was an undercover cop. Doesn't necessarily mean that, said Steve. So where did he get the police lanyard from? He'll have collected it from somewhere. Trust me, I've spent years hanging around with all different types of enthusiasts. And one thing they all have in common is they collect some pretty weird stuff. Like this one guy I knew from the Button Club. He had this weird fantasy about being a butcher. He worked in IT too, as it happens. But at home he had all sorts of meat cleavers mincing machines he even had a whole pig this taxidermy exhibit he bought off ebay for god knows how much and he had it on display in his living room this guy john barnes has obviously got a thing about the police i hope you're right why would the police want to investigate us anyway no idea i said unless unless what well there's just a few you know, nonsense rumours spreading online about Corrugated Metal Club. You know, my podcast, it's, I don't know, for some reason it tends to attract a few oddballs, conspiracy theorists, and some of them have got it into their head that we're a front for some kind of illegal activity. Oh, you send me a link. Sure, like I say, it's nonsense. Just a few cranks posting stuff on Reddit and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. I think they might have their own podcast as well where they discuss various theories. I don't like the sound of this, Frank. Just do me a favour, I said. Don't add John to the WhatsApp group. I already added him, said Steve. We can't take him off now. It'll make it look like we're onto him. If indeed we are onto him. Oh, we're onto him, I said. Well, let's just see how this goes. That's what I said. But a few days later, I recorded a new episode of Ragbag and I couldn't help adding the following shout out. Shout out to John. I'm on to you, John. But that's okay. Just to be clear, this is the John that I know in the real world in personal life and um, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast even though he hasn't mentioned to me that he has because I'm on to him I know that he is and once again let me say John it's okay absolutely fine you carry on doing what you're doing I won't tell anyone I don't need to neither do you I hope this isn't going to be, you know, my admission on this podcast isn't going to be, you know, somehow detrimental to your career or the, you know, your secret career, not the one that you pretend to have, but your actual career. But just wanted to let you know that I know and let you know that all is well as far as I'm concerned. See you next Wednesday, John. I assumed John had been listening, but the shout-out went unmentioned the following Wednesday, all the week after that. When the next ragbag rolled around, I couldn't resist bringing it up again. Another quick shout-out to John. That's John. I gave him a shout-out last time to say I knew what he was up to, but that everything was fine with me. saw him the following week and he didn't say anything but he gave me a little nod just to signify not a properly noticeable nod just the tiniest little nod 
that he'd get away with doing, that told me that John had listened to what I had said and that he was okay with it too. So we're all okay. Good on you, that's good. See you at the club next week, yeah? And I assumed he'd been listening because I assumed he'd been doing his job properly. But in hindsight, I really shouldn't have assumed that. Because it had clearly already been established that John was really bad at his job. And even in the last couple of weeks, he'd dropped another couple of clangers. First of all, someone asked the question, Did anyone see the new line of duty? And instead of keeping his mouth shut like a normal person would, John was the first in the group to respond, Oh, I can't watch these cop shows. It's like being a greengrocer and going home and watching the fruit and veg show. That doesn't make any sense, I said. You work in IT. That's right, said John. No, it doesn't make any sense, does it? You're right. The following week, someone suggested we set up our own website so we could hook up with similar like-minded enthusiasts around the world. You can help with that, can't you, John? said Steve. Me? Sorry, mate, I'm no good with computers. I thought that was your job. Yeah, he said, I do IT support. I don't know how to make websites. We were just thinking of putting something together on WordPress. You wouldn't need to use HTML or anything. What's HTML? he said. Luckily for him, most of the group mistook this for a joke. That's a good one, Johnny boy. You'll fit in well here. Yeah, we're all mad as hatters round here, aren't we, lads? A couple more weeks went by, and still no proper acknowledgement of those shout-outs. I missed a week when I went off and killed Lazarus, as detailed in episode 30. The next week after that, Sycamore Steve sent a message to the group saying he couldn't make 7.30, so rather than clash with the book club, we should meet at 8.30 instead. So that's what we did, and the meeting was going perfectly well. We'd actually bagged ourselves a guest speaker, who was a corrugated metal manufacturer, no less. We were all, John included, pretty enthralled by his talk, until around nine o'clock, when a bunch of new people started wandering in. Can I help you? said Steve. Has the room been double booked? said one of the new people. Sorry, said Steve. We're usually finished by 8.30, started late. I didn't realise there was another group using the hall after us. Oh, we're a, we're a secret group, you see. Oh, so are we, as it happens. So what's your secret, I said. We'll tell you ours if you tell you yours. I know what you lot get up to, said a faintly familiar voice at the back. Corrugated Metal Club. I craned my neck to get a look at the guy's face. It was that know-it-all from the book club, the one who didn't like the butter of suburbia. Great. Oh, I said, hello. So what's your thing, said Steve. Don't tell him, Pike, said one of the older members. That's a reference to something, isn't it? I can't be bothered to look it up. I'm sure it was very funny and clever to say that in those circumstances. You might as well spill the beans, said Steve. Then we can share the space and go about our business. We're a support group, said one of them. Uh, Say no more, said Steve, holding his hand up. Sensitive subject, tell you what. We're encroaching on your territory. We'll make ourselves scarce. It's not a sensitive subject, said the know-it-all. Far from it. How's it not sensitive, I said. What kind of support group is this? Malaise, said the know-it-all. General malaise. You what, I said. Malaise is defined as a general feeling of discomfort or unease, whose exact cause is difficult to identify. Yeah, I know what it means... I'm just wondering why you need a support group for it. It's good to get together with people who feel the same way that you do. We're not addicts or compulsive gamblers. We don't have mental health problems. We don't have anything wrong with us, apart from our general feelings of mild unease and uncertainty. And actually, it's really helpful to talk to other people about it so we can get past it and be properly happy. That's amazing, says Steve. And he wasn't being sarcastic. That's exactly what I've got. I think that's why I get involved in all these different hobbies like corrugated metal club and orienteering and balancing water bottles one on top of the other. 
it's fun, but it's a distraction from, what do you call it again? Malaise. Yeah, it's a distraction from my general malaise. Well, sign me up, please. And me, someone else said. I'd be interested too, said the guest speaker. So would I, said John. Well, you get about, don't you, eh? Said the older chap, the one who made the pike joke. I don't know what you mean, said John. Ah, he's too modest to say, said the man. But this guy does some very important work in the local community. A few years ago, there was a lot of antisocial behaviour on my estate. This guy is one of those coppers who really does make an effort to sort things out, working effectively alongside social services, being a proper reassuring voice for residents who've had enough of bad neighbours. Bravo, PC Glenn Tuka. Anyway, I heard you got promoted, so whatever your rank is now. I think you might be mistaking me for someone else, said John. It's okay, Glenn, I said. We all know you're part of some misguided undercover investigation and we're fine with it. We have nothing to hide. Ask us any question you like, you'll get a straight and honest response. John slash Glenn covered his face for a moment and grunted. Then he laughed. Thanks, lads, he said brightly. (laughs) As it happens, the investigation ended a while ago. We concluded that no illegal activity was taking place very early on, but, well, it's slightly unprofessional of me, but I kept coming back. I kept coming back because I love it. Yeah, I've gone native. I love corrugated metal. I can't get enough of the stuff. Welcome to the club, says Steve. Did you hear my shout-outs? I couldn't resist asking. Shout-outs, he said. What, you mentioned me on the podcast? How flattering. Just a couple of times. Haven't heard it yet, he said. I like to get a few downloads in the bank and then binge listen. Good for you, I said. It was my turn to be flattered. And by the way, sir, in answer to your question about my rank, Glenn turned his head to address the old guy who'd recognised him. But it turned out... He wasn't there anymore, and neither was the know-it-all. In fact, every single member of the Malays support group had disappeared, as though they'd never been there in the first place. Where did they all go, he said. Yeah, I said, I didn't notice them leave either. I did, said the guest speaker. Very strange sight that was. As soon as Glenn turned away from them, the first man who came didn't get his name. He made an elaborate signal to the rest of the group a wave of both arms like an eagle flapping its wings. Then immediately, and in total silence, they all darted out of the room. What's all that about, I said. Sounds like they're into something dodgy, said Steve. First sign of police, off they run. You'll have to look into that, Glenn. I think I will, said Glenn. Hopefully they're terrorists or something. That'll make up for the corrugated metal fiasco. And you know what? I know this is a slightly strange point to end the story on, but this is how it happened. And this is the sort of stuff that happens in real life. It turns out that the Malays support group was a front for a white supremacist organisation with links to various far-right extremists. The discovery led to several arrests and the whole group being disbanded. And I have to say I was kind of reassured myself because... Since I had that discussion with the know-it-all at the book group, I started to wonder maybe he had a point. Maybe The Buddha of Suburbia wasn't all that great a book, as much as I've always loved it. But it turns out his objection didn't really stem from flaws in the novel structure. It was because he was a racist. And I don't want to end the story there on the word racist. It's not a good word to end a story like this with, because it's a negative word and... Really, this is a happy story with a positive ending. I've made a new friend. His name's Glenn. I'm a member of the greatest club I could ever think of joining. Sycamore Steve is still disappointed he never got to join the Malays support group because it turns out there's no such thing as a Malays support group. He wants to form one. I keep telling him it's a daft idea, but... Oh, he can't help himself. Can't resist adding another hobby to the list. The only thing holding him back is that he might unwittingly end up with a room full of racists. Oh, I've done it again. I've done it again. 
I was all ready to end the story, then I finished the sentence with that word again. Let's not finish with the word racist. What's a good word? I'll tell you what word I like. Subterfuge. It's a brilliant word, that. I'm not 100% sure of its definition. I just like those particular combination of letters and sounds. I like the way that it makes me feel when I say the word. Subterfuge. And that's the real conclusion to this story, folks. You know, that's the message. Just do what you want to do, even if what you want to do doesn't quite fit with everybody else. Yeah, it is a good note to end on, isn't it? Yeah. I better stop talking now in case I dig myself another hole. Keep listening because very soon I'll be doing my big thank yous list. Watch out for that.
за марафоид, не знаете? Хам хватит. А что, есть лекарства? Есть, Дэсл. Там на полке. Вот. О, целая банка. Ништяк. А что, хорошо? So, like I said at the start, before I disappear for a while, I want to say thank you to a few people. A lot of people, actually. I've probably forgotten the odd person to add in here and there, so let's say first and foremost thank you to anyone I've forgotten to mention. You are the unsung heroes of Ragbag, and I salute you. Thank you to family and friends from the real world. Don't need to say your names, you know who you are. Thank you very much for everything that you've done for me. Many, many thanks to the one musician whose work appears on Ragbag every single time. That's Prolet R. The name of the Ragbag theme tune is April Showers. And as yet, I've never played the track in full. So let's do that at the end of the show. We'll play the whole track. It's a great tune and it's just what I wanted it to be in terms of being the theme tune. It's great. It's a great theme tune. I asked Prolet R if I could use it. He said yes when he could have said no. It's had a million hits on YouTube. This is big time stuff. Thank you to Britpod Scene for taking me under their wing and for the tireless work done by Carla from Theme Park Films and Number One Rerun. Stacy from the Rough Giraffe Podcast. Daniel from Fry Gaze and Tom from That King Thing and Back of the Grid who make that network what it is they probably do get tired sometimes which is understandable also i don't say this enough if you're not familiar with brick pod scene check them out on facebook twitter and instagram so many really really great podcasts are part of that network thanks to mike burton no relation but brother from another mother from the genuine chit chat podcast mike has interviewed me for genuine chit chat twice the second time being a two-part episode where I talk about the writing of my book 100 and Mike has been very enthusiastic about the book so big thanks to him for helping me to promote it thanks to Hannah Kate from Hannah's Bookshelf who also interviewed me about 100 that interview can be heard on Mixcloud and it was lots of fun to do thanks to Rob Wade and Blake Harmer from the Crazy Train podcast for having me on that that was great fun to do as well We had a good chat about the origins of the Ragbag podcast on that one. So if you're interested in finding out how I put this little show together, check out my appearance on The Crazy Train. And just check out The Crazy Train generally. It really is one of the best. Thanks to Matt Hocker, another podcaster whose show I've been lucky enough to appear on. I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you like Ragbag, you will absolutely love The Matt Hocker Show. Also, Matt has contributed directly to Ragbag and all being well. He'll be contributing to Phase 3. We talked about the phases thing, right? We did. We did. Phases. Thanks to Ethan Uslan, firstly for his marvellous appearance on Ragbag's bonus bag and also for inviting me to appear on his podcast, The Carolina Shout. Uh, thanks to Kate Uslan, who produces that show. And while we're talking at Carolina Shout, many thanks to... Hollywood's very own Jesse Eisenberg for allowing me to use his song free of charge. Again, it's a case of he could have said no, and he didn't. Thank you to everyone at BBC Ouch. You're all wonderful people. Anyone with even a passing interest in the world of disability, just type BBC Ouch into a search engine of your choice, and away you go. Thanks to the legendary Ed Morrish. Thank you to Brad and Tony from ABCD Bags and the Village Vidiots podcast. I had great fun playing the part of Dr. Guess Who in the season three finale of ABCD Bags. If you've never heard that show, it's really extraordinary and totally insane. And it's very funny and very interesting and above all, it's original. We recorded an episode of Village Vidiots as well, but due to technical issues, we kind of lost the audio. Um, so it's a great lost episode of Village Vidiots. You will never hear it. Uh, thank you to them. Check out their other ones, the ones that didn't get lost. Now, many, many thanks to Rich Wilson 
from Insane in the Men Brain, which is a podcast about men's mental health. Rich is a brilliant stand-up comedian and a really nice guy. Listen and subscribe to Insane in the Men Brain. If the episode with me isn't out yet, it will be soon, so watch out for it. Thank you to everyone in the podcasting community who's played my promo on their show. Again, there's probably some names missing here, but off the top of my head, thank you to Release the Clowns, another Britpod scene member. And thank you to Release the Clowns generally. They've said some very nice things about Ragbag on social media, etc. Thanks to Megan and RJ from Oh No Lit Class. They're excellent. One of my absolute favourites. Thanks to Tim Gibson from The Cabinet Podcast. That's an absolute delight. I implore you to listen to The Cabinet if you have not done so already. Thank you to Mike Hamilton and everyone at Onichan Productions. Great stuff you guys are doing too. Some more Britpod scene people. Witch Murderer, Comedy Geek, False Starts Podcast. Who else? I know a lot of other people have played my promo as well. I really am grateful to you all, even if I don't have a totally comprehensive list of names. Augie Peterson, that's another one. Thanks to Matt, Richard and Thea from the Podcast Review Show. First of all, for reviewing my podcast. And second of all, allowing me to remix it for the Ragbag Show, which you'll have, you'll have heard that if, uh, I don't know what episode it was on. One of them. Listen to them all. You'll, uh, if you listen to them all, You'll figure out which one it is, won't you? I remix their review, it's great. Finally, let's talk music. Thank you to everyone who agreed to have their music played on here. I don't pay anyone any money for the use of the tunes. If I had a budget, then I would. I wish I could pay you all a million pounds each. Special thanks to everyone who's appeared as a guest on Ragbag's bonus bag. Special thanks again to Jorge from the Underscore Orchestra for being my first brilliant band, lovely bunch of people. Many, many thanks to Nancy Kells, aka Spartan Jetplex, and everyone who contributed to the Grimalkin Records documentary. Please do listen to that if you haven't done yet, it's something really special. And I mentioned there'll be a couple of Best of the Music episodes coming up. I think it would be impossible to put those together without including at least one track by Spartan Jetplex. Thanks to Jonathan, the band that is, and of course Cat330 aka Kathleen Martin, an absolutely extraordinary bonus bag that was, and what a great artist all round. Neo Geo was excellent, likewise Kathy Lowe and Zia Aeros, Chris from the Alaskan Pipeline was great as well, and for that matter, don't forget to listen to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's really good. My God, this has taken a long time. I'm sure there's a lot more. I really am sure there's a lot more. But I, I'm probably going to have to bring this to a close. I don't know what else. Uh, Pulling Teeth podcast with Steve Milligan and Nick Snip. Stupid made-up names. Don't listen to them. They're an absolute disgrace. I don't have a clip or anything. I... I haven't actually listened to it, but I'd imagine it sounds something like this. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I read this story the other day about this bloke who had his head chopped off by a discus. <laughs> it's a bit racist. There was this other bloke who got castrated by a pair of castanets in a hurricane. What's it called? Hurricane Richard? Ha 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 He was in a wheelchair. But I've had a very difficult week, actually, mate. Really, mate? You sound all right. Oh, well, well, I'm a bit depressed. What cheered me up, really, was watching this YouTube video of this bloke falling in front of a truck and having his head chopped off. (laughs) I'd imagine it's a bit like that. Thanks, one and all. Let's play this episode out with the full version of April Showers by Prolet R. Here it comes. Watch out for the bonus bags coming your way. Once a week, you'll be getting a brand new or not so brand new 
Drag Bag Best Of episode all through the summer. They're yours for free. If you really want to pay me some money, get yourself a copy of one of my books. There's a history of sarcasm, a short story collection. There's also the novel, 100. The audiobook version is available from Bandcamp for Name Your Price. And I don't want to brag, but it's absolutely brilliant. Go check it out. See you soon. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.